you have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe podcast. Your contacts code names are Luke. I honestly don't even think that Gorsese reaches that level anymore. Not not that it's a level of quality. It's like, but he comes out with stuff like Hugo, which fucking I skipped that. Then he's coming out with this Killers of the Flower Moon. I, I'm not sure how interested I, I am in that. Mike. You know, the thing about my stepfather was he was a cold man, not really the hug type or like, I don't know, not even like the empathetic type at all. I wouldn't, I can never remember a time where he was like, I'm there for you. That never fucking happened. And I spent all my formative years from like 10 years old to through high school with this fucking guy. So that was unfortunate. And Scott. It's great. And it's also really disconcerting that like nothing has changed about these fucking roller coasters mm. also what's a little unnerving is how these fucking things just go down all the time it's just like oh uh, it's not it's not running now something's wrong with the millennium force like it's not fucking running and you're like what you are tuning in to the is it safe talk show welcome in my name is michael govier along with my co-host scott and hello. luke hello oh, go ahead say that nice and clean hello See how nice that is? That's beautiful. We're glad to have you aboard. Uh, last week we did a show, and now here we are with this week's show. We're going to talk about a few different topics, uh, a lot of interesting stuff, a few Netflix talks. Uh, Salman Rusty was stabbed by somebody, which is way overdue. I don't know why it took that long for that to happen, frankly. I thought that would 30, happen 30. Yeah, it was 30, 30 fucking years. Five, Holy 30 shit. 30 plus years in the making, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things that was crazy and totally understandable. You're right. I would it's, concur with that. <laughs> It's hilarious now to think about all the comedians complaining about people slapping them and like rushing the stage when this guy right. gets fucking stabbed. What is yeah. it, 11 times? You're a comedian and yeah, you haven't been slapped or spit at or threatened. You're probably not. Your comedy probably isn't worth a shit. Dude, it put him in. Well, that's that's also true. It's like they put they put Rushdie into like a fucking general population with, with a bunch of Muslims. <laughs> why oh my god because it's awful. like he got shivved man he uh, what was uh what was the quote that i sent you guys uh from chapo uh rusty looks like middle eastern frazier yeah <laughs> yep that was right yeah. and he's been you absolutely bozo the clown? absolutely do you think Solomon like, rusty's heard of bozo it. the clown yeah uh, for sure he probably knows everything he he's one of those know-it-all assholes he, yeah he's like a polymath like his his brain we can't comprehend it probably <laughs> this is true <laughs> really okay wow well that's impressive shit yeah seeing it a little far but uh as far as <laughs> bozo the clown yeah probably i i think the odds on that would be like minus 250 so yeah <laughs> okay that's eric fair. it does he know about eric the clown uh, that I'm not that's, clear on. Uh, uh, I do wonder, is Salman Rushdie, is he more of a, a night man or a day man? I mean, I think either one, all of us are either a day man or a night man in the end. So. Day man! Day man! Day, day man. Did you guys, uh, did you You're guys a day man? It's easy. Did you guys watch I'm the Kirby Enthusiasm? The oh. Fatwa Kirby Enthusiasm? When he's talking yeah, about Fatwa sex? I saw that one, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, wow, wow it's dude. It's not very nice. So, Anyways, yeah, Solomon Rusty, he'll Pretty be all right, nice. I'm sure, right? It's not even that big a deal, is it? Like, he's okay? He'll be fine? He might lose his eye. Uh, looks like he's oh, going to be God. Walking, around, 
with an eye patch like a fucking true OG. Dude, Are you saying we stabbed in the eye thing? I already see the memes and the t-shirts and the merchandising with Rushdie's face with the pirate patch on. I think I said that about like mm-hmm. 14 minutes after this shit broke. I just turned to Stephanie. I'm like, yep, I see the merchandising right now if he gets through this. He was stabbed in the eye? He is. Yeah, I, I guess he was stabbed in the eye. I mean, he's. Oh, God. Or close to it or something. Oh, because they said I know. He was, they said he's likely losing an eye. You were in failed. condition for days, but well, the fatwa <laughs> failed though. He didn't kill him, so he's it's still amazing. Alive. Nice try. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. It, it's fucking hilarious just to think about. Like, so apparently the the fatwa is over because we all remember that was like officially rescinded. But then the bounty apparently never was taken back. So then the funny thing is like, well, what does this guy think he's gonna get? This guy fucking stabbed his ass. Yeah, he's gonna be exactly. in prison, and he's yeah. gonna get like you know what, like a million dollars, so he can I, have the most cigarettes uh, in, gen, <laughs> in Gen Pop. I know, I know how the law works, but just also, you know, pleading not guilty. The whole thing is just a fucking dog and pony show. Yeah, you're not guilty. You're not guilty of attempted murder. That's that's rich. I love it. And you see, the Iranian government came out, and they were just like. Well, I'm sure he deserved it. It's not our fault. He deserved it, uh, you know, more than the pe- like the Muslim people deserve his criticism. And it's like, really? So criticism, <laughs> so criticism of your religion is more of an offense than someone trying to stab someone's yes. fucking neck. <laughs> Have you not been paying attention to what's going on in the Middle East? Yeah, I mean, they take that shit very seriously. Maybe this dude was just, he wasn't a great master of all the arts that it takes to kill a person. So it sounds like he was kind of a, hey, I never really had a lot of experience in, I don't know, uh, Krav Maga or something. Well, that's more defensive, isn't it? Yeah. But I think it sounds like this guy was not a hardcore professional killer. He's just some yeah. doofus who wanted to get involved. He wasn't a master of karate or some shit like that, you know? You're a master like of karate and friendship for everyone. You worked well, that in for the you worked that in for the drop. He's not a master of friendship because no friend would stab a person in the eye. You did. So. He sounds like a he just sounds like a basement like a like an Islamist like basement edge lord. Isn't it time for him to die anyways? Like Rusty, isn't he really old? He's seventy five. Oh, that's it. Oh, He's well, not that's, that old. Yeah. No. That's not. That's not time to go. You're right. That's that's not time to go. My bad. Poor guy. Well, hey, I hadn't thought of Salman Rushdie in a while. Once in a while, he shows up on a TV show or something. So, okay. Yeah, he pops into Bill Maher every once in a while, and yeah, you know, doesn't say good much. for him. I hope. You know, this is like the ultimate troll, though. It really is. This is like the fucking worst troll ever. I mean, it's one thing to have harsh words said against you, but to actually be physically attacked—that's that's not even trolling. That's just malice. That's brutal. Pure malice. Pure malice. So I feel bad for him. Maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe Salman forgot to pay the troll toll. Troll toll. <laughs> I don't know. Dear God, you <laughs> keep keep thumping those religious texts, though. It's really, yeah! really working, working wonders for the, for the world. <laughs> this was well the at guy, the time. At the, the time, right it was needed. That, so. It was needed, yes. But this was the guy right before that. Confound your lousy toll, troll. <laughs> That's what someone Rusty said. And then the troll attacked him. That's how it went down. It's pretty fucked up. I, Anyways, I feel uh, like Rusty I feel like Rusty plays like a really outsized 
influence, but doesn't get the uh, doesn't get a lot of the doesn't not everybody associates the kind of movement towards like the new atheism uh, people, you know, like your Lawrence Krauss's and your uh, Richard Dawkins types. But be, because of what Rushdie was, I mean, like that he was like a big part of that, you know, that catalyst to really like propel people into the public eye, I think for, you know, just their grievances with religion in general. And sadly, uh, you know, he, people like that had given people like Bill Maher a platform to just continuously talk about bullshit that they don't know anything about. Anyhow, we can, we can definitely move on from that. Oh, is this not fun anymore? Okay. Well, Salman Rushdie, I hope you're, hope you're feeling good. Nobody deserves Prayers. to be attacked. Prayers, T's and P's, T's and P's, baby. <laughs> T's, P's, and D's nuts. <laughs> oh, D's nuts. Okay. Uh, we only have one email today. I guess summertime, everyone's on vacation. They don't want to email the show lately, but that's understandable. You should, you should be outside living life that's right fair. now, enjoying the summer and what it has to offer. Don't forget that you can email the show. Is it safe pot at gmail.com. So let's get the one email out of the way. Mr. Pink says, hey, guys, you are definitely not blathering idiots. Oh, thank you, oh, Mr. Thank Pink. You. I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts of a person or topic that could really pull the country together. Abortion and religion. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that one threw me for a little. I think it is easy to criticize things and people we don't like, but I want to have a positive or more aspirational dialogue with myself and others about what qualities and specific attributes we'd like to see in our elected officials. The news cycle is full of blathering idiots. It's one blathering idiot asking another blathering idiot their take on spin or their spin on what's happening in this country. And it doesn't matter what end of the spectrum these idiots are on. It's so nauseating that I stop myself to think about what it would take for me to listen to any of them. Do you have any thoughts or feelings? Also, can we break down some more bad religion songs? Thanks, oh, Mr. Pink. We can probably uh, answer both those yeah. questions at the same time. Almost. <laughs> bad, religion can, <laughs> exactly. bad religion can answer a lot of those questions for you. Sure. That's a great call. I mean, You're right. That's probably true. That's why you should listen to bad religion, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about polarization in this country and like what actually would create some form of kind of coherent ideology or maybe some kind of coherent movement is that everything that's actually talked about in the main the mainstream media for instance is designed to is designed to obfuscate the the thing that actually does matter and does uh, would potentially bring everyone together which is just like uh, solidarity ac uh, across working class issues so you know when you when you watch the msnbc cnn all that and like i do it from time to time just to just to kind of check in and they literally they're like obsessed with let's say january 6th and January 6th is, is uh, I, I don't know, to me, it's something I don't have to care about. I think it's uh, I think it's basically silly, but what that is the say? thing that's what's driving what's literally driving their their ratings is not the thing that would, I guess, literally drive the 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 people to I, I would think go out and vote or to care about any particular issue. <gasps> Something like January 6th uh, ties into all, all these identity politics that we're fighting and uh, the liberals uh, take the bait every fucking time. And, you know, they're always God responding. 
that's why the, the mainstream kind of like a uh, political point of view is entirely reactionary. It's it's tied to the reactionary elements and uh, let's say the right wing. And so everything continues to get pulled further and further and further to the right. I mean, the thing that would actually get us back together would be to think about us as together and to consider the biggest constituency that nobody ever taps into <laughs> oh. with your non-voters who are fucking mostly working class people who realize that the system doesn't uh, like the system is always going to fuck them over i just realized this this is the best analogy for this by far so congress okay. people and lobbyists this is them you gotta pay the troll toll to get in <laughs> that makes yes. a lot more sense i like that one yeah. better. <laughs> there we go. yeah and i think you know I, I i guess there's another there's a subtext here he, you know pink is is definitely frustrated with the talking heads he's uh he that are available to him so again we i think we need to continue to push you know other podcasts and influences and all that uh there's a really great one uh there's a couple right off the bat. There's one called Michael and us, which is a movie podcast, which is fantastic, but they usually do like political analysis in the beginning. One of the oh. hosts is a writer for Jack. What a great combo. One of the hosts is a writer for Jackman is great. Uh, the whole thing started based on their critiquing uh, Michael Moore documentaries. So they're, they're very uh, keyed in. They do really good analysis. Uh, I have heard a complaint here or there where like, they might not get into the kind of analysis you want every once in a while, but I've they're ninety nine percent, you know, rock solid. So Michael and us is a great one. Lever time is a new one by David Sirota that's been out only I think for about five months, three maybe three months. Uh, Lever time is fantastic, and again I've mentioned it many many times. Citations needed. So I mean. You either have to do a bunch of reading on the side on your own so that you can identify all the fucking lies. And one, but once you do that, you do necessarily have to kind of distance yourself from that, you know, from that influx of information because it's, it's not necessarily all bullshit, but it is uh, deliberately distracting from the things that would potentially bring America together which would be, you know, a candidate like Bernie Sanders. But everybody uh, rejected that notion based on something called electability. And so here here we have what we have. You, you gotta know, pay but... the troll toll if you want to get into that boy's hole. Yep. <laughs> the boy's hole being uh, really got there, yeah. America and Congress, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you use the word deliberate. I think on the flip side, you know, I, you know how much I love blaming the media. We've been over it ad nauseum. But as a con consumer of media, be more deliberate and vote with your time and your energy. And don't just turn some bullshit on because I do it too. Like you said, I'll flip on something dumb or read an article just because it, it's the first that pops up from CNN or New York Times. And you're clicking through and you're giving these shows ratings. I mean, you could be more discerning about what it is you consume. Easier said than done. But like you said, do the research off on the side and vote with your fucking conscience and vote with your time. Because if you're not feeding into these machines that are just basically they're just mirrors, they're, they're just they're foils like what came first you know the media or who I, I tend to blame human beings for a lot of our problems almost every single one of them <laughs> so it's like that's you a know. good bet you can just 
You can just easily just Who's at fault just, here. It's definitely human beings. It's, it's definitely it's for de- sure human but like, beings. But like I mean, in this in in this example, you know, does that make sense? Like, just don't just don't feed the fucking machine. Like these, the reason you're getting the content you are is because the ratings are obviously good enough to keep the content in the same space and they keep yeah. regurgitating yeah. it and people keep consuming it and it feeds the hate machine and it it feeds you know certain people's pockets so that's what know. george carlin did at the end of his life he started mm-hmm. saying you know i blame humanity now i don't blame them i blame the people and he really focused on that towards the end and he was right you know a i good, mean to an extent good... they people don't know any better because they don't realize the structure they're in half the time and that's understandable yes. because there are wicked ways in which the media and government propaganda is perpetrated upon you so you don't see it mm-hmm. so clearly but if you just take mushrooms one time you'll probably realize <laughs> it i guarantee i you. mean this is this is what they call false consciousness and when you're talking to somebody who's a liberal for instance i remember when bernie oh. lost in the primaries and Biden won the election so that in that distance, you know, that six, seven month distance or whatever, uh, when Biden won the general election, a friend of mine was like, aren't you excited about Biden? And she didn't say it to me as if I had said something negative. She was she was like genuinely, genuinely enthusiastic. She goes, aren't you excited about Biden? And I was just like, have you not listened to me for the last fucking like seven eight years that we've known each other i i, I don't even know how to like deal with and this. they completely so goddamn disrespected that, me little idiots, idiots! it's that veneer it's that it's that apparatus it's that uh you know that interpolation of like the the real world that you're living in uh through through propaganda and that's why the media is genuinely like john scott you you mention it as if blaming the media is kind of a an easy target or maybe like a maybe just kind of like a lazy thing to critique but it's definitely not i mean that level of propaganda is exactly is exactly how so like societies are are controlled so mainstream media just like picking up on whatever whatever the party is saying you know is going to that's what's people are going to be reading that's what they're going to be thinking and that's how they argue and that's like the point of view that they start from or at least the the base that they start from yeah i mean and that's fine and well i guess my counter point would be that kind of supposes that we just have no agency over what the hell we consume and obviously i don't think any of us would agree with that but, no. but if you're dealing with you're dealing with information the information that goes in and the information that comes out it's you you very clearly need to diversify your intake when it comes to that shit. I want to share the uh, status coup news, which is one I've shared with you guys. Oh, status coup. They're, yeah, that's a good one. They're rock solid. They got a YouTube stream, very popular. They're just like us in the fact that they're honest and they assess things as they truly are. So I would strongly recommend jump on YouTube and check out status coup. Obviously, C-O-U-P. All right. There's... Mm-hmm good quality some actual investigative reporting going on there and commentary like you get here so not to mention trust yeah not to mention jordan uh cheriton who's the who's the host is is an investigative journalist who was doggedly doggedly chasing down the stories in flint for the flint michigan water crisis and Mm -hmm. he is like one of the few people probably the only person still 
bringing that back to the surface uh, from time to time. But he, yeah, he's on well, the ground. Charlie the Duff does it too, but yeah. And Charlie the Duff. Yeah, well, there are there are a handful. So, I, okay. I'll well, they, I learned about status coup news from the uh, No Bullshit News Hour with LaDuff, which I also recommend. It's mm-hmm. a local Detroit area show, but it's about all the issues that affect every region of this country in the United States. So, mm-hmm. I don't, he speaks about them in those terms. People who don't sugarcoat it and they tell it like it is. And it was fucking hilarious that his shit got used in that Whitmer ad a couple weeks ago. Yeah, when that's Whitmer, great. When he was talking so to Tudor. <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic that he had one of the candidates for governor in Michigan, the Republican candidate, Tudor Dixon on for an interview. Tudor Dixon right. sat down yeah, with him at that. fucking American Coney Island and they had a chat. Mm-hmm. And Governor Whitmer's been asked on the show for like four years straight. Never shown up once. And then they use mm-hmm. his clip in a fucking scoundrel-esque move. Very weak, Whitmer. Very, very weak. Scoundrelly. Very scoundrelly. Very <laughs> scoundrelly. So, uh, yeah, there you go, Mr. Pink. Thanks for the email. You guys want to email the show? Is it safe pod at gmail.com? It's a wonderful place to send your emails. We get through the dog days of August and head into fall here. We'll be expecting more emails. Brian. Brian, are you out there? We're still waiting for that email. I did text with him last night, though, so I do know he's alive. And, Brian, I want to oh, thank you for your kind words about my uh, uh, stuff that I'm doing, sports stuff. So that was cool. I got some, I had a fun time at the Lions. This is shocking news and weird to say the words aloud. I actually had a good time <laughs> at a Lions preseason game. Yeah. John, Scott, you said you were working that game. So what were yeah, you doing a- there? Oh, yeah, I had a terrible time. It wasn't as fun as you. I was just, I helped these wieners with this kiosk. Uh, it's, you know, like, so Ford Field is all cashless now. Uh, you can't is it? use U- USD at Ford Field. Nor can you use it at legal tender, isn't that like your point? Legal, legal not tender ex- is, yeah, yeah legal Jesus tender is Christ. not loved there. Uh, so there's this kiosk, it's totally automated. Which means, obviously, that you need human beings there to fucking explain it to everybody. So you got human <laughs> beings in the back making hot food. And all it is is, you know, your typical lion fan who, oof, we'll leave that alone. But they go up to the, <laughs> they go up to this, you know, like uh, credit machine, scan their card, walk in this, you know, little fucking 30 by 10 space grab their popcorn and their hot dog and their Mountain Dew for six fifty and their nachos and just walk out. And there are hundreds of cameras on the ceiling tracking this purchase. And that's how it works. So what do I do? I have to stand there for six hours and basically explain to every single person how it works and that this is the future. And how do I know I'm paying for it? What do I do? I don't understand. And I'm like, so here's how it works. You scan your credit card, you walk in here and you grab whatever the hell you want and you just walk away. And that's <laughs> it's it's the greatest irony is this automated situation where you need eight human beings working it. So I don't oh know. It's the, you know, it's like the uh, self scan. It's like the self checkouts. It's like taking self checkout to the next level and incorporating cloud based technology that no one fucking understands. So yeah, it was lame, dude. It, it, my my experience there was it was kind of terrible, but they pay me well to just 
stand there and be a fucking like being a fan. Lions fan. I would never imagine not being anything else but a Lions fan. We don't win a lot, but we Lions proud. It's exciting and it's heartbreaking. I think it's a lesson in humility. That's a beautiful answer. It's a roller coaster ride, <laughs> but I do love the Lions. There's a lot of heartache, happiness. It's like anything in life. Loyal to the soil. The we mud. stand true to where we from. We stand true to the Lions and we gonna win. What is it like being a Lions Those fan? Those guys were great. Uh, that guy said loyal to the soil. That was probably the best line of the day for sure. Yeah. And walking around talking to these people. Those people, by the way, the loyal to the soil dudes, they're in the same spot. They've been there at the corner right in front of the Comerica Park entrance forever. They're like, yeah, we're here. Loyal yes. to the actual effing soil <laughs> or pa are... pavement, as it were. <laughs> yep. These people have lived in parking lots so much for tailgates <laughs> that all they have is bumper sticker quotes. <laughs> oh, no, those guys were cool, man. They had so much. They were authentic I didn't say people. They weren't cool. I just, you know, that's all those guys were authentic. Some them. people were lame. Some people were like, or some people just weren't interested. It's the worst when you go up to somebody and you're like, hey, you want to do some. So what I did is I did this for the game day. If you want to check out my stuff, it's on the game day. It's called the game day. Three different words. And it's on TikTok and YouTube and Twitter. And I uh, just go around and ask these pre-prepared questions. And they pay me to do it, which is the first time that's ever happened. So that was exciting. And <laughs> some people are into it. Some people are like, oh, no, I don't know. No. And you also have to get a diverse swath, too. So... Uh, I was actually proud of the fact of our diversity checklist. We really had a lot of women, a lot of women at the game who love their lions, and we got them on record many times. So that was exciting for me. I think uh, I think things are changing. The NFL is a league for all people for all time. Pretty exciting, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you guys are thrilled. Yeah, you're stoked. Uh, here you go. <laughs> Here's one yeah, more. Describe Matt Stafford. Daddy Can Stafford. we talk about the Lions? Matt Stafford fan anymore because he's not for the Lions. Matt Stafford, that's my guy. I feel like I won the Super Bowl a little bit when he won last year. Bummed oh. out that he went to the Rams, but very happy for him. I definitely was rooting for him in the Super Bowl. That's the man, the myth, the legend. When Matt Stafford left, it was like sucker punts in the stomach. Yeah. Great quarterback, good all-around guy. You gotta love him. Like, how can you not? Best quarterback in Detroit Lions history. Describe Matt Stafford. Daddy Stafford. I'm not Matt. Stafford. Right, Daddy so Stafford. That's <laughs> <laughs> that was a uh, yeah. That was a woman who I would consider to probably be attractive. Uh, over who said that too. So I caught her. Stafford. I caught her right by the queue line. We had parked over on Woodward on the other side of 75, and we were giving up. We were like short two or three people. We just happened to catch these two girls right before we got to the car, and they were all about it. Daddy Stafford. Thank you, Daddy Stafford, ladies. I love uh, when fans talk about their favorite players like they know anything about them that's what always kind of got like good good human good he's a good guy it was like really i, I mean have you sat down to dinner like have you had a conversation uh or are you just going on you know <laughs> the four minute post game interview that you see a lot of people oh, shit, say the exact same thing about michael vick i mean you need to have yeah. like grand juries and shit to even know what the fuck's going on out there you know I'm sure he had other. I'm sure he had other asshole uh, capacity before he was. You know. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. I just that's one thing I've never understood. Like the compulsion to just want to know these people, like personally, just of course it doesn't you make know any why. sense to me. I mean, you it, get makes, it. it makes sense to me personally. Uh, I'm speaking for myself and myself only. But yeah, it's just mind boggling. It's like some sort of weird. Uh, I, I don't know if it's like some validation thing some some need mm -hmm. to belong some like fucking psychosis i just don't care like just go play <laughs> just go do go do football things and and we can all just have a crack at it and reason you know? will prevail reason will prevail 
John Scott, I can demystify this for you uh, just a little bit based on uh, neurology, as far as as far as I know, which is basically nothing. There's something <laughs> called there's something called mirror neurons, and it's when like a monkey eats a banana, and you know the other monkey has this sensation that it's like eating a banana. It's the same thing. Your team is losing all the time. You feel like a fucking loser. Yeah, you know, team starts winning. You feel you feel great. That's why these people probably haven't turned on Stafford because it don't feel like a violation. It's still Stafford's still the monkey that's eating the banana. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds I don't like know. you just yeah, you just watched a, any a video on YouTube. That's what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Well, I did just watch a video on YouTube, but it was about ten years ago. So this is oh just, wow. Just well, disintegrated. Impressive. These are dis- disintegrated <laughs> memory corpuscles. Well, you know, Mr. Pink did say something in his email. The Is It Safe Talk Show presents Luke Explains Bad Religion Songs. Each week, Luke will have a song selected for him at random to help us understand what the hell lead singer of bad religion Greg Graffin is trying to say. For over four decades now, Greg Graffin has confused us, baffled us, and mystified us with his politically charged social commentary. Hmm. Luke doesn't do that pussy, ethereal, ambient, post-rock shit. Luke wants it hard, fast, and raw. And that's what Greg Graffin provides every time he writes a new song. Sure, you'll tell your friends that you love that new song, but you really have no idea what he's saying. So that's why Luke's here to help us understand bad religion. That's true. What would we do without you, Luke? So uh, I've, I've just cho- I chose one off the cuff here, which I thought would be fun. Oh, okay. It's kind of about, it's related to his email, Mr. Pink's email, about what will bring us together. There's some unity in this song in a strange way, or at least some coalescing. Yeah, so it's time to watch it die. It's pretty simple. Uh, party's over. And this was in the 90s. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Like 20 years later than like, you know, those, uh, you know, truly, uh, you know, truly intense reports started coming out about the environment. Um, but yeah, it's at this point, it feels so fucking old, but it's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely it's, right. Yep. yep. Now it's time to watch it die. Damn right. Any better? I never knew he said fittest there because he said yeah, it's so weird. Mm. Fit us. Fit us. That was a little I strange. always, 
Yeah, I always that find some weird little uh, quirk in their in their lyrics. But uh, well, anyways, yeah. I mean, I mean, I love that Eddie Vedder's on this. Uh, I wish I had more of a story. I just remember that weren't they sharing a studio or something, and and uh, Graffin just asked them to be on the be on the track. I would and assume he so. Does, he just does the one little verse, and that's it. I mean, that's pretty it's much what cool. would happen, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess so. I just I can't remember if it was a happenstance meeting or, you know, something more intentional. Well, the warrant is, according to uh, Pearl Jam. the brpage.net, which is a page dedicated to bad religion, the brpage.net. Uh, Eddie Vedder used to check out bad religion in San Diego, where he lived long before Pearl Jam started. He used to sneak mm. backstage at all the bad religion shows to try to meet the band. Ooh. And that's how they met him. After Pearl Jam formed, Bad Religion opened for them in Germany during the 10 European tour in the early 90s. That makes sense. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, Jay says, uh, we hung out and we're all getting goofy. You know how when you sit down with someone and your jokes are all the same, you have the same sense of humor, like this show. You do things that are all similar. You just kind of connect. At the second show we played with them, he and I decided to go back on stage and see who could punk out the most but i told him you can't climb up anything because you can't climb up anything because i can't when i'm playing bass so you have to do it at ground level he goes out there and does his thing and i think woo, it's going to be hard to top that one then i go out and during the first song i'm swinging my bass around and my strap breaks my guitar had such momentum that it went flying to the other side of the stage landed on the ground and went woo i didn't know guitars way to make make, sound like that way to make punk rock sound lame as fuck also I know, yeah, wait 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 yeah this is, wait just through the rest also, i just stared yeah. at it for a moment okay. <laughs> i just stared at it for a moment stared at the audience then looked at ed he just shouted you win there you go yeah and also eddie vetter yeah widely known for his sense of humor you guys hilarious Greg says, Greg Graffin says he wanted to record a record, an entire whole album with Eddie someday. I would like to put together wow. something out of the ordinary, but still really good. On an early promo photo of Pearl Jam around 1990, 91, Eddie was wearing a Bad Religion t-shirt. So when it comes to the involvement for Recipe with Hate, Recipe with Hate, Recipe for Hate, fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> and the, song, uh, the song is Watch It Die on the Recipe for Hate. Yeah, that's the one we were just doing here. That's right. Very good. Thank you. For those that don't know, it's important to know that. But uh, for... <laughs> Involvement with Recipe for Hate. Eddie sings back up on American Jesus and the second verse of Watch It Die, of course. In Watch oh. It Die, he sings the second verse from I Saw a Man to put to sleep in American Jesus only backing vocals. Greg said they came up with the idea to involve Eddie because as they were doing the background vocals overdubbing for Recipe for Hate in LA, it just so happened that Eddie was in town. So there you go, Luke. Yeah, they invited him to the studio. He cruised oh, okay. over. And so they had they had like a relationship. They had like a friendship and then at the same time he just happened to be there. So it was kind wait, of Wait, wait, wait. Here's this very specific ending note. Okay. He cru <laughs> he cru this is very specific. He cruised over in his Mazda truck. It was all very spontaneous. <laughs> Nothing planned. <laughs> yep. And I imagine that take uh, took uh like 15 seconds. Welcome. Yeah. In in and out of the studio yeah. in 15 seconds. 
He was, that was back a before a breakfast burrito. That was that was before Eddie Vedder was drinking like three thousand dollar bottles of Bordeaux every night, like <laughs> setting it on the fucking piano at live shows. Dude, and don't shit. don't hate the player, dude. Hate the game. That's <laughs> hey, right. That's right. You're right. You're right. Plastic mirth. Hmm. Yeah. Just fake happiness. You know, one thing that occurs to me every once in a while, John Scott, you kind of mentioned a while back, like, you know, he's just a humanist. And I think that just informs so much of mm-hmm. his kind of political point of view, just in general. He seems to be the kind of the kind of punk rocker that just didn't take a lot of the um, goings on in the world uh, for granted. And spoke on him you know i mean here he's speaking about like fucking climate change in 1993 it's not like you know that was so revolutionary but it who else was doing i mean who else was really like getting into that i mean you know you've got so many i mean you the dead kennedys obviously you know they're they're talking about like fucking war in cambodia and shit uh that that's amazing i mean this but in the kind of skater punk realm, I mean, this was this was something, in my opinion, that I felt like hit pretty hard for me when I was 13 years old. Yeah. And they don't fit the mold of like, I, I think, what a lot of people imagine when you say punk, you know, mm-hmm. he's a yeah, he's very humanist. Right. He, he I, this is a bad religion is such an outlying band. I mean, especially lyrically. And, mm-hmm. you know, like even this song, Watch It Die. I, I think it's a call to action. I think it's, you can read it very positively, like open your eyes like like wake up this is what's happening like make a change do something positive you know uh i i get that that's a that's the way i read it i mean uh you know you can read you there's a there's an alternate interpretation Mm -hmm. i'm i'm sure of it but uh yeah ultimately this is and we can finish it out here i don't think we're done quite yet but that's the way i see it yeah that would have been a great t-shirt by the way watch it die uh, i don't think they ever produced one of those but that'd be fucking sweet. wow dude like greg graffin proves sweet. proves to you with his you know like everyone knows he's a, a learned man. He's actually doing the work. He's rolling up his sleeves and like thinking about these issues. And he wants you, the listener, to as well. I don't think he's like he's not denigrating the listener, like fuck you, you know, you worthless mm. pile of shit. Like more like Aww. you you have the power, like you you look, you watch, you pay attention, you 
do what you need to do to be a better person and to like actually learn something about what's going on in the world. It's one of the one of those artists out there. What's this? West, is this Wesley Willis? Now. He's not saying fuck ah. you. Maybe enough money at all. I want a better one. Opposite ends of the spectrum. I'll tell you this. Here it comes, real quick. You're going to love it. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Take this job and shove it. I'm not working for you anymore. Stick it up your ass. Suck my damn dick, asshole. Fuck your crummy ass jerk. You crummy ass jerk. That's right. Good stuff. Okay, as amazing. But he, had, he also had schizophrenia, so that's, there's that. You know, Graffin again. Just another real quick comment. It's it's like when uh, Godard would make a movie like Weekend or something, and it would have people literally pulling out a dictionary and looking up looking up shit, no. uh, looking up shit in their history books. And that that's something that I've always loved about Bad Religion is it gave it just gave me incentive to continuously uh, look things up. It's not just about words and their, their meanings, but you know, what are they fucking talking? And you know, like what, 10 years after this, they did, uh, they did um, process of belief where they talk about Kyoto now. And then like, that's like the failure of the environmental, uh, I guess the environmental conference. So, you know, they stay, they're dogged enough and they stay on it. Does that sound better, Mike? Okay. I think that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, that's just from forest shit. Forest shit? All right. Uh, I got a few things I wanted to... So I really find that I... I don't know why, but lately I just always listen to every episode. I enjoy our show so much. I'll listen to the episode maybe a day or two later. Oh, thank you. I don't know why. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, but are you the, a few Are things. you Mr. Pink? Are you Mr. Pink? <laughs> oh. Wow. Go Tigers. Yeah, I'm just a local Tigers fan who thinks they're incredible. Um, so <laughs> I this is I should have made a promo for this. This is uh, you know, leftovers or missed opportunities from last week's show that I wanted to cover that I didn't go down the Ooh. rabbit hole of. And one what, of them what, what, what was it called in uh in Craigslist? Was oh, misconnections. Misconnections, yeah. That's which yeah, that, I this had is an experience. I had a misconnections experience. Have you guys ever oh, had shit. one? Okay. Uh I I feel like John I, has. I did. Uh, I actually you I did. definitely I posted a couple. No, but like day. someone someone <laughs> What I mean is someone was looking for you and then I saw, I saw you, you saw it. drive through. I don't believe so. I, I think I'm just getting confused because I've posted a couple and I've actually gone on misconnections when it would have been, you know, the, the shit in whatever, 2012, 13, 14, 10, whatever the hell it was, looking for something because I was like, that that experience was ripe enough for a misconnection. So I'm going to see if someone puts out some bait for me. And it never oh. happened. So I think in my mind, I just wanted so, so dearly and desperately for this to happen to me. And it <laughs> never did. So I tried. So, I tried with all my might. If you, oh. if you put the post out there and it's nice and poetic enough, that's like just putting chum in the water. Anybody that responds, <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, it might be like, oh, my God, look, this poetic, uh, you know, bleeding heart. This guy's suffering. Yeah. This lost This lost connection of some girl with but a I low cut 
The low cut tank top he saw on a fucking train in Manhattan. Yeah. Maybe I could be that. It's very important. Yeah. You gotta pay yeah. the troll toll if you want to get into that boy's hole. So I All right, didn't... Mike. Sorry. Miss. <laughs> let's do some. Let's do some misconnection. So I actually had a misconnection experience where a friend sent me the link from a Craigslist misconnection that was absolutely about me. It was from. <laughs> <laughs> It was from it a woman. Oh god! It was from a woman down in Georgia, in Savannah, actually. So, my brother got married in Savannah in 2011, November, and we went down there for the wedding. But they did a dry wedding. You know, they're very simple, chill people. Didn't matter to them. And I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm in Savannah. For, I want a party. It's Saturday night. If there's not going to be a party, I, I met up with two old party dudes and my friends Steve and Dave, also known as uh." A chopper pilot Dave, a veteran of many wars. And when I say wars, I mean like party skirmishes and intense all-night benders. So me, Dave, and Steve hit the town in Savannah on a Saturday night. And this was when I was like peak shape. You know, I could kick anybody's ass and actually be like the second or third best player on a softball team of legit men. I really could have at that time. I was really fit and feeling good. I did P90X. I completed it. I was like 180 pounds. It was incredible. So I was very high on myself. Wait, hold on. Talk and about how great it was to be 180 pounds. Just regale us with. It really was that, great. I, I do like. remember it's when you're fat and then you lose 50 pounds, yeah. you really you really can't stop obsessing over your body every day. You go in the bathroom yeah. like, this is amazing. How did I do this? Like, it, it, yeah. I definitely did a lot of that. And uh, I'm not proud of it, but it's certainly the truth. So I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I go in there and be like, oh my God, look at this. I got a flat stomach. Unbelievable. I don't have tits. Wow. So it, I was in the zone. And when I went out with those two guys, so I'm on the road in Savannah with two guys that know how to party, who want to party and get shit faced. And we're all going to get shit faced. And we definitely did. And there was like a block party thing going on in downtown Savannah with a stupid ass riding the bull, the fake bull, mechanical bull thing. And there was it, that draws a lot of attractive women from Georgia around it, which it did. And there was this one girl who was so hot. She was gorgeous. And I tried to push the limits of my capabilities to see if I could take it to the next level. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I ended up getting her phone number, making some progress, but nothing happened that night. But we also diverged to another bar, another party, and we left that scene. So I ended up meeting another girl at a bar a couple hours later who was not as, uh, you know, she wasn't as sexy, I would say. She wasn't as classically beautiful as you might think of an American woman in the typical <laughs> advertising-obsessed way that this country forms female beauty. Um, you know, but she, you know, she was a little chunkier, a little healthier, but she wasn't 200. I'd say she, she was thicker. She was, she was what people would call a thick woman, you know? She was thick, but she wasn't like 250. Um, anyways, I ended up at home. I ended up at her place that night and all kinds of wild shenanigans happened sexually there. And, <laughs> and we talked about, we really bonded. We bonded over Peyton Manning and the Colts for some reason. She was a, I don't know how that happened because I know football, but I don't give a fuck about the Colts and Peyton Manning, but she was obsessed with Peyton Manning and the Colts. Was she and, on the Colts? Is that? No, she was I don't think so. I don't think. Yeah, I don't believe so. It's my only bad joke uh, in the history. I will never do another bad joke. But she, uh, we had a nice evening. It was a fun night, and she had this really cool house, like in downtown Savannah. That was, it was. Like, it looked like a bed and breakfast, but it was a house. It was amazing. It had like these 
the flowing curtains with the windows open at night. It was a beautiful little place with a bed that I've never been in since then. It had like the the top thing. What do they call that canopy. thing? Like, yeah, canopy. Yeah, canopy and yeah. shit, man. It was it was intense. I never seen anything like that. Hey, I've been in and, some fancy Airbnbs. I know what a canopy is. But I spent the night there, and then I just I had to go in the morning. A one hour of sleep, hell on earth. Welcome to hell, hangover. And I I can't remember if I'm like I gotta go. Or I snuck out. I think I said I got to go. I don't think I snuck out on that one. But I'm like, I got to go. I'm, I'm from Michigan. I didn't lie about that at all. But about five days later, my friend Jason, uh, you know him, Luke, uh, <laughs> yeah. Vivian. Vivian, I guess Vivian's yeah. always trolling. Uh, Vivian's like one of these collectors. And I'm, like, hoping, I'm hoping he's pink, actually. Now that I think No, about that it. would be cool. Maybe he is. I didn't think he, about that. He could be. That's a he great one. That's a great call. I thought about him as pink, yeah. Oh, okay, I love well, this pink mystery. This is fantastic. About 48 hours after I got back to Michigan the next day, 72 hours max, he sent me the link for a misconnection in Savannah. And it said, hey, Michael, are you out there? You, your name was Michael. Uh, you loved explosions in the sky, which I have a tattoo on my chest. That's definitely me. And I thought we had a really great time. I really hope if you find this, you'll contact me. And I was like, holy shit. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, I contacted her about six months later, actually. Somehow I had her phone number, but I didn't contact her before because I, I don't know, I was in a weird in-between phase with the relationship you with were in Leanne, a different actually. State? You were in a totally different fucking state? Is that what you Yes. Yeah, that that's the other thing. So what the fuck and, am I going to do with this shit? No, and I was more interested in that hot girl I told you about earlier from the night. I'd gotten her number. We were still talking, but she had a kid, too, so... Sometimes you find these really attractive women who have a child and you're like, are you willing to pay that price? You, know, so. you are unlovable because of your child. That's probably what I would secretly be thinking in the back of my mind. So anyways, that misconnection blew my mind when he sent it to me. I couldn't believe it. It was totally me. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. What a, she really must have had a good time. I must have. We must have really connected that night. So anyway. it's uh, that is absolutely amazing but yeah yeah i think maybe you dodged a bullet somebody who's trying to reach you from savannah no, no, when no. you know when she knows you're in another state she, you she told was a run-of-the-mill football fan i mean who cares so so you didn't exchange numbers with with her because that wouldn't obviously not make any sense for yeah obviously to... actually we so we did scott that's what's weird is i did we did was it we H-H-H did exchange bagels? numbers but i think i I might have given her the wrong number and only I had her number because she would have texted me for sure. And I would have been like, oh, hey, I'm in Michigan now. I would have responded if she texted me. So hey, I think I. Hey, Mike, are you out there with love from Savannah? You like explosions <laughs> in the sky. Uh, we, we, had a, we had a great boozy night and listened to, to neoclassical ambient rock music. Uh, I tried to call your phone, but I don't know. I don't think it's your number. Yes, it was something like washed, that. I haven't washed my sheets since you've been here. You, you <laughs> mentioned that. Are you out? You there? mentioned being impressed by my canopy. Are you out there? <laughs> so what? Also, the final conclusion of the story was or malaria. So after uh, or malaria. yeah, check yeah, watch for the, there's a lot of mosquitoes down there. But what I the final conclusion of the story is about six months later, I did text her because I did have her number. And, and that was after things fell through with the really attractive girl. And I was just kind of up shit's Creek. And I was like, Oh, maybe you're out there. I wanted to kind of ch- catch up. And her boyfriend answered and said, do not respond. Go away. 
Don't ever contact his number again. So. I was happy for her. She had a boyfriend. That's great. So I would love to know what your text was to her that that got that. Me response. too. God, this is in. So this is what late 2011, think? right? Into beginning of 2012, where smartphones are becoming pretty much mainstream, but they're still in their infancy with the smartphone. So, well, yeah, screenshots weren't as have, common. You just have, uh, you just have a way with words in a text message. And I would love to know what you sent her. <laughs> Me a, too. As a message. Yeah. Uh, really, like you're a, you're a peach. There's nobody that <laughs> there's nobody that communicates like you uh, through digital media. Oh well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. So that was my misconnection okay. story. But the whole point of this but was to cover some. Yeah, was yeah. to cover the shit from last week. So we were talking, Scott. You remember we were talking about rehab last week. <laughs> Yeah, when Luke had some, Luke popped out a few times on last week's show because he was having some connective issues. Yeah, well, we my were, microphone kept cutting out. We talked about 10-day rehabs were a joke and all that. And I forgot to tell the story about the guy I met in that rehab. I said, because last week's show, for those of you who caught it, I said, hey, I am I was in the Brighton, what used to be known as Brighton Hospital, which used to be mm-hmm. famous because Eminem went there. But they changed the name, and somebody else bought it. It's still the same place, but it's just hmm. under a different name. I had no name idea. Now. I had no idea that Eminem went there. Sure, he did. The guy was That's psycho cool. about Vicodin. Man, he was hardcore. Well, yeah, just like Brett Favre. The, Brett Favre, Eminem, Brighton. some Vicodin Hall of Fame. I don't know. Sure. Bright, Brighton just seems like a long haul from where he's at. He's like in Clarkston, right? So well, he was rich. There's no long haul when you're rich. Everything's a golden yeah. parachute ride, pure heaven, super limos <laughs> with all the media. I don't know. Private jets, everything's gold. There's no negatives when you're rich, ever. Yep. True. Bottom line. But at that time, I told you last week that I met. Thir- I had like 30 phone numbers, and I met all these people, and I was on the what they call the pink cloud. When you first get clean, you're on this pink cloud, and suddenly it's all like, oh, I get it. I'm going to be great now, but it's all bullshit because I went out and got high the day I got out. But uh, the guy I met in there named TJ, I started getting shit from him. <laughs> We had bonded so tightly in rehab. Like, dude, we're going to do this. I can't wait. He lived in Flint. I lived in Ann Arbor, and we were going to make life happen. And about three weeks after we both got out of the rehab, I was going up to Flint to buy oxys from him. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. within, within two more weeks of that, the motherfucker ripped me off. He was my guy. I gave him, I gave him $150 cash. He's like, I'll be right back. Bye. I sat there in that Kroger parking lot for an hour, oh, yes. texting him, calling him, dude, where are you? And I was, I slowly came to a realization Man. over about an hour or so that I had just been ripped off. Played the long the game on your ass for a Yeah, that's the fucking game. <laughs> no, what really was is he just got so addicted that he needed my money to buy drugs. That's what it was. So yeah, yeah, he, that's, that's what, that's why he went to rehab to find fucking dupes like you, like people that would give him fucking money. Because he well, was he, like he got he could recognize a wounded fucking animal in the in the Serengeti. He he knew which one. <laughs> he knew which well, one wasn't gonna me. make it. Yeah, I, I like the narrative. You. I like the narrative where he just invested so much of his own time and energy to then identify the and pinpoint the exact moment he was gonna abscond with like a hundred bucks. <laughs> genius, genius, genius. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hey, TJ, if you're out there, I hold no ill will, and I hope you're doing better. I hope you got clean. I hope your life is better. Yeah, I mean, if you're out there right now, running and gunning on the streets of Flint, 
Don't drink the water. Take the drugs, but don't drink the water. That's yeah, this guy. Him. Yeah, this guy's problem was not drugs. It's definitely water, and <laughs> he he didn't make it. He didn't make it. And then, if okay, he's so ripping then, you off, if he's ripping you off a fucking bucket at a time, he's he got his ass shot. And there was one other guy I met through him in that rehab, and his name was Chris. And I hated that guy, but I was so desperate one day. I'm like, dude, can you get me anything? After TJ ripped me off, I was so desperate for a guy that I didn't want to spend any time with whatsoever to get pills. I was willing to do that. And my car had no heater at this point. It was dead February 27, 2016. It was cold as fuck in my car. You got two junkies driving down to Detroit, and he's taking me on. He took me to a McDonald's at like seven mile over there. You know, some it's just a shithole. We sat in this McDonald's for an hour while these people were supposed to come in and give a, him his heroin, but I had to wait for my pills another four hours. And we drove around to these other places on the west side of Detroit. And meanwhile, he's in my car. Yeah. Oh my god! And meanwhile, he's right next to me in my car. I'm driving, and he's just shooting up. He's he's getting the water ready. He's got his needle, and he's finding his spot. And I'm, we got no heat. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? What is going on here? That was a real yet, low point. And yet, I remember that one. Still not rock bottom also here's another right. one mike uh to our to our recent email from pink you want to bring people together from random swaths of life <laughs> that's Drugs. that's the story right there you're driving around with some guy you fucking hate <laughs> some guy putting you in absolute danger yes and he's annoying to like, listen um, to he's not like, delivering uh, you anything oh no. God, especially the after worse. the heroin I, after the heroin, it must have been like a sweet relief where he's just oh. quiet and you're just like, thank God, I fucking listen to the music I want. Oh, man. It was fucking cold in that car. I remember that. No heat in a Michigan winter. That's tough. Like, no heat at all. You All you got to do is bundle up because you have no way to make that car warm when it's 20 degrees out. Woo. Uh, it's, yeah, it's fucking brutal. Those uh, windshields <laughs> get that frost on the inside. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Baby, I've had that drive to work. I've had that drive to work where I've been using the ice scraper on the inside. inside. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. on my way to literally on my way to work. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Wow. Okay, that's intense. I didn't know that. Well, look, and then the other thing I, I wanted to. And you want me to change? Fuck you. The other thing was Scott was talking about jobs. We were talking about jobs, and Scott said he... Do you remember what you said? You walked out of a job after an hour or a couple hours? We were talking about that last week. Oh, yeah. You remember service merchandise? I worked at that <laughs> place. Was that, that was yeah. the one, right? Yeah, that was a lunch break. That was like I put in three hours and then just went over for a three-hour yes. lunch break to my girl. Okay, that's what it was. So I didn't want to... It's not to one-up you, but I did want to beat your record there. So I left... <laughs> No in one's 2000 record here, I think. No, no, just for the quickest exit of a job. I started a job at a Cracker Barrel in 2000. <laughs> uh, Cracker Barrel was brand new in Brighton, and I got a job at a Cracker Barrel because I needed a job as a server. I was there for one hour before I walked out the back door. Seriously, it was an hour. And That's I'm awesome. like, I knew my friends were all going to Canada that night, like uh, Brandon and all these girls, Emily and, all, and Jen Brooks and all these girls and shit. Oh, and I was like, oh, I don't want to miss this. So I walked right out the back door and I went to Canada. We had a great time. We did karaoke. We got drunk and it was a great night. Easy decision there. I think I've been to that. <laughs> yeah, I've been. I've definitely. I've been there with my my parents multiple times. <laughs> but it just oh. a Cracker Barrel in Brighton because it's close to the theater. Now you get, you go get breakfast and you go see a matinee. That's a great <laughs> the, Mother's Day. To be totally honest with you, the two, the two times yeah. I I. I 
felt like I was the most high in public. One was at a Cracker Barrel and the other <laughs> and the other <laughs> I remember I was trying to order like country fried steak and I couldn't stop laughing because I had to say country fried steak. Child, and then the, the other one. The other one was definitely at a Fazoli's in Toledo. Yeah, <laughs> Fazoli's. Zoli's is definitely the the basket that caught all of my highest moments. There's oh, no that's a, an amazing place to be high. I felt right at home. Hell Luke, yeah! Endless. You remember when I stopped going to school to go to Fiz to work at Fazoli's? Yes, <laughs> for seven yes. hours. Uh, oh, I think I did like three days there because. Oh my god! So I'm at Central Michigan in '98, '99. Luke's there too. I'm trying to go to school. I'm going to college. It's my freshman year. And by the second semester, I was so <laughs> fucked and I was so, I don't know, delusional and misguided and jaded that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop going to school. I'm going to start working at the Fazoli's on campus full time. And that was my decision. And that didn't work out. I think I three days there, Scott. And then I started working at the Burger King down the street. And I did that one for a couple of day or two as well. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you're, you're many that are like sub a couple Mike, of weeks Mike, tell tell the audience about your dream job of uh what was it counting parking lot spaces oh that was uh, yeah across so, campus wasn't that like the first <laughs> job you had at college you decided to drop out of classes no 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 then... that was a work study that was a work study oh it was a work study <laughs> yeah because it was through the <laughs> you got credit for that all right yeah it was like the municipal part of the university at central and Holy they moly. wanted to have all the spaces counted for their future projects. And this, so I would just go out in this really, really shitty powder blue. Seriously, it was like a Mazda or a Nissan, like a shitty pickup truck that was powder blue and old as fuck. And I would go around campus counting parking spots for hours on end, literally one by one. And I'd have to take notes of it and then give it to them. And I remember it was during a, the Bosnian crisis, a lot of Slobodan Milosevic on the AM radio, because that's the only thing I had there. I heard a lot about him. And uh, <laughs> that was even, a. They didn't even buy the one that had FM. It was. No! <laughs> it was just this thing was such an old piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember no I pulled up to the deck, towers there was once. No tape deck, nothing. Yeah. I pulled up to the towers once and I was like, yeah, guys, here's my truck. And it was dumb. So dumb. Don't go to college unless you're ready, kids. That's the lesson. Yeah, Please. Shit. Take I a couple care. years off. Yeah. Don't even go at all. Just fucking do whatever you want. There's a whole new world out there. We're we're officially now in the rebellion of college. I truly believe that. I think a lot of people are rebelling against it, and I hope that continues. Mm -hmm. I hope it doesn't continue because the more people rebel against it, the more these motherfuckers are going to be coming after me for their money. Dude, which, they, they need liquidity. Time. They need fucking. They need students to pay fucking. Yeah. These motherfuckers get more and more desperate every time more people don't fucking enroll. I almost got I almost got taken by what was likely a student loan forgiveness scam today. Uh, All right, just forget it. it. Really? Yeah, I don't know how I let myself. I don't know how I let myself go down the hole. But like, yeah, when he started asking for credit card information. Because what I said <laughs> was like, you know, wasn't there something under the Obama plan? Or correct me if I'm wrong. We could probably know more about this. But you, there was some arrangement where you would have to pay your fucking student loans off for like 20 years, but the payment amount is something like $90, or I mean like 19 bucks or $27 or whatever the hell. It's probably 
uh, income based, but it's yeah. reasonable. It's reasonable. And you have to make every single payment. And if you don't, mm-hmm. like, you got to make every single payment for 240 months. And hmm. if you do that, then the balance. 10 years. Gets, no, okay, so 20 years. 20 years. You're right. 240 yeah, so 20, yeah, 20 years. So that's what this dude was selling me today. But when you're starting to ask people for the first five of their social and credit card information, uh, no. So wow. it's like, yeah. It's like I want to do it, and it's you never. No one's frustratingly ever call hard. Frustratingly no one's ever, hard to fucking look and to see if this is like a scam. I like, I spent, I wasted forty five minutes today trying to figure out if this was something I should pursue or not. Let's let's settle the let's settle the scam debate for a lot of people. Anybody that might listen to this, if anybody is reaching out to you for that, it's absolutely a scam because that never fucking happens. The Don't Department talk of Education to anyone. Isn't gonna do it. Yeah. yeah, the Department of Education is do it. The like people like Great Lakes, who you've got your loans consolidated with, they're not going to do that. They'll they might call you. This motherfucker is going to be a verifiable number that you can, you could literally you could call their eight hundred number and like go straight to the source and be like, hey, yeah. I just got a call saying like you guys are doing this. But yeah, anybody like reaching out to you, texting you, calling you, emailing you, saying that there's like some form of benefit or that, dude, yeah. And- they it's, got this uh, thing. They got this. No, no, it's getting sophisticated. It's getting very think, sophisticated. I think hackers largely are some of the worst fucking people on earth, but they have this thing down. Yeah, they're the worst they, because what the fuck are they doing? They should be like taking down the goddamn. Uh, yeah, what do you yeah, do? Do Fight Club, man. What the fuck is going oh, on? Yeah, if, that's just like the they're not show hackers, we we're going to talk about, cameras. right? Yeah. We were going to talk about the most. Yeah. Oh, most yeah, hated man on the internet. Yeah, well, we don't have do we don't have time. I really want to talk what? about that. We don't have. A, I got a show. How do we, show? How do we go? How do we go through an entire show and not even get to the two things? Because we've already been out for an hour and five minutes. I know. We just <laughs> what do we do for the last hour and five minutes? Jesus so fucking Christ! This is time flew by. I, well, hey, I, got, I got the notes. I got my notes. We can do it next week. Oh, I got my notes too. I might. Well, I'll hit you guys on the side. It's not for the show, but I wanted to talk about. So we cover Salmon Rusty, which. Who, who cares? That was we could have skipped that. Um, most hated on the internet. We'll do next week. Mike's coverage of the Lions thing. I talked about real quickly. Uh, Scott's Billy Madison hate. I wanted to talk Ooh, about that as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what's your favorite? Think about what your least favorite movie is. That's probably mine. Spoiler alert. And I wanted to go back Woodstock '99, the second documentary. I wanted to cover that one again mm-hmm. and the new one and. The Fat Records show that uh, Scott had brought up, I thought was a fun idea. I wanted to have some Fat Records chat and do some songs. Hell yeah. Because that would have been fun, too. So there's so much more to come on the Is It Safe talk show. And with uh, 13 minutes left, yeah, I got to get ready for my next show. So we should probably pick a song and tighten it in here. And it's also my fault because I had some technical issues and my meeting ran over. So I take responsibility for my actions, guys. And that's just the bottom line. I mean, I Wow, I sat, dude. Through, I sat through that most hated man thing and was just just livid and upset. Uh, <laughs> terrible. terrible. You told me to watch it. And did you guys know the scene? I'd never heard of the scene. Scott, you're into this stuff. You know, like the scene. I never heard of it ever. It's a musical period in Florida specifically. Did you get the vibe yeah. on that? Yeah. Well, when you're looking at this dude. I, immediately when I saw this wiener, I was like, oh, this is just like some <laughs> mis- missing member of Fallout Boy circa 2006 or something. And yeah, so I guess the, the scene, I don't know, in Florida, yeah, they Florida had a punk, like, 
newfound glory and a bunch of like it was a hot topic scene down there. <laughs> I, I don't the scene know. Was dude. a metaphor. No, no, no. So there's been a lot of scenes. The scene, but the scene is an actual was, thing. Yeah. Yes, that's how they described it. If you haven't seen the most hated man on the internet, it's on Netflix, and we're going to talk about it in more detail next week. But okay, you know what? As things- a matter of fact, this might be good. Anybody that does listen. You can watch the most hated man, and you'll have like a, yeah, that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. We should you'll probably be able to preview like anything we're going to talk about yeah. the week before. Yeah, you get home. It's entertaining. I mean, it's enraging, <laughs> but it's entertaining. That's it what say, it is. Yeah, it's, it, just it does say a lot about the uh, time of like the internet period in which all of us like kind of came up in. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it was. And where an was oddly, I? Sh- yeah. Exactly. I, I never heard of this website. Is anyone up? If it was that popular, I mean, I was no, 30, never heard 31. <laughs> Apparently, we weren't up. We I weren't scumbags. Not, I, I tell you, though, when I watched that thing, it just made me think of when my dick was on Facebook. Man, it, that was not cool. That, if that bothered me, honestly, like all jokes aside, it certainly was a terrifying experience. So to see these people on a bigger platform and definitely being exposed with their addresses and all of their personal That's, information. Yeah, the scary shit in this. Do we need to uh, do we need to prepare for a moment when we we lose our host uh, due to canceling for me? Because my dick was on the internet. They did it to me. I'm a victim. God damn it! They did it to me. Well, it sounds like whoever that woman is, you were begging for it. It sounds like you were. Yeah, definitely. I wonder. I wonder what you were sending your turgid dick all over the internet. Uh, It sounds. I I mean, that is not what was happening. How dare you? (laughs) It was a one-on-one. One-on-one sexting. That was not. I was not sending my dick all over the internet. I'm gonna. Oh yeah, I'm gonna take that back. I don't have an impressive enough dick to put on the internet. So I assure you. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that's been in a long-distance relationship, uh, I'm. I'm taking it back. I'm not. I'm not yeah, judging. You just realize what you just did. Yeah, uh, not judging. It's all uh, happened. So yeah, check out that show if you dare. I, I, it's not. I a thought it's certain. Yeah, it's a hard watch. Just it as is. far as its implications, to, uh, you know, with humanity and whatnot. It was but a fairly done. Fun. It was a fairly done documentary. It wasn't like yeah. yeah it, it's okay. It's worth watching. It's informational. It definitely is food for thought. Yeah. And the Woodstock 91, nine one, the new one. The is, Netflix one. Yeah, the Netflix one is much better than the HBO one. The HBO one has mm. that, like, fucking uh, sick, like, fetishism about culture, woke politics. Pol- woke culture, yeah. identity politics. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, so fucking obsessed with it that it it just obliterates, like, any other, any other like, emphasis on any other details that might. Yeah. You know, really give you better context to what the fuck That's was going on. I mean, there's some missing context in the new one, but I still thought it was much, much better. And it was multiple episodes. It was like, I think three or it was five three. episodes or something like that. Three episodes. Three. Yep. So I, it needs more coverage than what you saw on HBO. So the three episodes does give you a, a much, much better understanding of what the hell was happening. I watched last night. Last thing I'll say about this one. Last night I watched this thing about... I'm sure you maybe one of you have already seen this about the guy who was a gamer who would swat people. It was called swatting, getting people, getting SWAT teams to show up to people's houses where nothing has happened. He would fake a call like, oh, I just shot my father and I'm holding my mother and my sister in the closet. Go to this address. And it would be the address of a gamer online that was just sitting there playing a video game and a fucking SWAT team descends on the house and he did it. Hundreds of times he did it at a big time 
TV station in LA. He did it for uh, a bunch of schools, bomb threats. This guy got out of control, man. And the worst of the worst is the worst example where finally he took it so far that, hey, SWAT teams, you know, they're not the most like chill people on the planet. Eventually someone's going to die. And they <laughs> did. And it's fucked up. It is so fucked up. Well, to man. what John Scott was saying yet again, uh, finger on the pulse, hackers are the fucking worst. Well, this and guy wasn't even a hacker. Think, this guy's a well, no, Luke. Let's be clear. What this guy I was, was just a about to get shit. to. What I was just about to get to. The the hacker, the kind of hacker wave, turned into basic kind of general implementation. I mean, so oh, many okay, people yes, are just like true. really into gaming and all that can pull off uh, the most basic hacks, and so they're still using hacks to do it because there's no way to do that and. I guess stay. Oh, he was terrible. But apparently, this his digital footprint was caught. easy to find. He got caught. Yeah. His name was his he name was caught, Tyler but... Barris, and he's in jail now. So if you want to look it up, Tyler Barris, B A R R I S. It happened in 2017, and it culminated in Wichita, Kansas. With fucking death of someone who did not deserve to die. <laughs> I do remember and, this. This, it, is, so this was like the beginning of doxing, like uh, when doxing became like a, a massive uh, kind of oh, social media tool. Yeah, okay, to, that would make sense kind of discipline people online but it completely well, I, got but i watched the show was on netflix online yeah no you can't the show was on netflix and it was by i can't remember the name of it now but it was by ron howard and brian grazer they produced this documentary yeah. series and web that was the first episode is that what it is yeah thank you web of make-believe thank you very much so if you have netflix you want to check that out you want to check out tyler barris's story because it's more than just about gamer culture it's more than about hacking. The guy was an idiot. It's about a guy who grows up with no family either. There's so much socioeconomic, uh, police brutality. All of this shit intertwines in the story. It's bonkers. It's totally bonkers, and it's all real. I thought Ron, it was really, really intriguing. <laughs> and Ron Howard has so. proven to be a very uh, sensitive mediator in that in the understanding between uh, the bourgeoisie and the the fucking. <laughs> Rednecks that live there in go, Ohio, right? Jesus fucking Christ! Here we go. That uh, all right, so what's I gotta go? What's the song we closing out here? What what do we close out with today, guys? Is it safe pod at gmail.com Email the show. I don't know. Call it Luke. What do you like? I don't think you picked one in a while. I've been listening to a lot of Fat Records, and we have to table that until at least next week. Or yeah, you don't want to spoil that show. So. Hmm. That's tough. Oh, I'm at a loss. How about I, um? The, I just got an update too, Luke. I freaked out for a second because I got a Twitter notification notification that said all student loan debt will be canceled and forgiven. Jesus and I was like, what? Christ. And They're then really it was only for ITT it. students. Only for yeah. ITT students. That's. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah, yeah. No. Be aware of it now because I think isn't the the extension like the freeze on it, I think ends at the end of the month. Yeah, it's done. It's done in 13 fucking days. So, because, you're, uh, so be aware if you have student loan debt, which is probably everyone listening yeah, to this. Because all that, that matters to the fucking <laughs> liberals. Yeah, all that matters to the liberals is that everybody who did something in good faith gets fucking punished for it because that's the only thing they give a fuck about. They're the moral majority. They're the Give me a song Reaganite. now. <laughs> uh, let's do... Fuck it, dude. Let's see, like, Relationship of Command or fucking Arc Arsenal or One-Armed Scissor. Throw that shit out there. Let's go out hard. Okay. Yes, sir.
That's all I can think about. All right, uh, make sure you guys email the show. That just Hit pissed us me up. off uh, so much. You know, the show's, the show's growing. Our audio's really good, and uh, we're putting together good shows. So if you want to share the show around, don't be shy on that. I just, for the first time, we're doing advertisements now on uh, Palazzo. So I believe this show is worthy of that. So let's spread the word on the show. Share it with your friends. We're here to help. We're here to make a difference. We're here to laugh. We're here to say fuck everything. But at the same time, we also are going to point out what's awful and fucked up in this country, in this world, and we're not going to back down from it. But we're going to do it with a sense of humor as well. So I think we got a good balance going here. And that's what I have to say about that. So here's some uh, at the drive-in as we say goodbye. Why not? Going to miss you. Oh, what's this? What was playing? What is this? This was just playing. The Lord is a Monkey by the Butthole Surfers? Oh, I don't know why that was playing. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Sorry about that, folks. I was going to say, we could just play that. I mean, who cares? Yeah, we could. Yeah, love you guys. Thank you for listening. See, look at that. You guys rule. You guys are the best. Thanks for all your time and energy. Don't forget, society has issues, and it's best to do it with a smile. Kill them with kindness, folks. Don't let people ruin your day. Be good to the people around you. Try to take care of yourself, too. Don't be so hard on yourselves. That's what I know. Don't be hard on yourself. Take time to give yourself patience, forgiveness. Don't let you become something that you really aren't. Take care of yourselves out there, my friends, and be well. <laughs>